Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. To everybody listening on iHeartRadio. Tune in radio on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app and on a wide range of terrestrial radio stations across the country. Thank you. In this week where we think, give thanks, we want to thank all of our listeners for spending an hour a day with us as we get ready to help you win your leagues and win that cash. It's Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. We're going to take you uh, through the Thanksgiving Day games. We'll give you all the newts and notes that you need, and we'll talk about Brandon Murchison's Week 12 sit-start kind of ranks in this hour. Scotty, how you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, you know, it's uh, getting Gus Edwards off of waivers in two leagues will do that. Yeah, interesting. Let me ask you about Gus Edwards real quick before we dive into some of the other news and notes. I was hesitant to put in a claim for Gus Edwards because I felt that the Gus Edwards thing, like you don't know if they go back to Alex Collins, if that's a share, stuff like that. And the other unknown here with this is who's the quarterback there, right? Like if, there's, if it's Lamar Jackson, they are a running offense for sure. They're going to run the ball, you know, I don't know, 45, 50 times maybe. But if it's back to Joe Flacco... Is it really viable to worry about two Baltimore running backs? Uh, I think he has the opportunity to seize the lead role this week. Now, look, you know, you're right, and I wrote about it on rotoexperts.com as well, that you can't necessarily count on him to fully be a, a workhorse back because you know, Harbaugh really hasn't gone with one guy all year long. But Lamar Jackson has their workhorse back, Scott. Well, yeah, that that's funny, I, I of course. But, uh, it, no, I don't think any uh, Baltimore running back has rushed for 100 yards this year except for Gus Edwards last week, and he's playing the Raiders. And in one league, I have Kareem Hunt off, so I'm going right. to use Gus Edwards. In another one, in my dynasty league, I have a great team. But, you know, my number two running back, I'm constantly squirt streaming it. So I'm probably going to go Gus Edwards over Jalen Richard and Josh Adams this week. And in another league, really? Alex Collins, I Is drafted as my number two. Yes. I, uh, so you would do go Gus with Jay- Edwards over Jalen Richard in PPR? Yes. Yes. Huh, okay. You know, if the guy's going to be a workhorse against the Raiders, he could get in the end zone twice. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I just like the Richard potential in the passing game and you know i i believe that uh the raiders will be losing <laughs> you know what i mean and i believe that yeah um, but again against, against baltimore there. He, he always does he's good for eight to 12 points i feel there's a little bit more upside with gus edwards where there's none okay. with richard okay no, doug I, martin I, doesn't is, play you know it's it's not my final decision that's true here. also 
Doug Martin is a little bit banged up. Listen, they're banged up in Oakland, right? They even just sent LaFell to IR. So, like, they're scrapping the bottom of the barrel there in Oakland. And as we know, I don't think the organization, like, you know, the organization wouldn't be pissed off, let's say, if they don't win a game the rest of the year and have a top draft pick. Remember, they have theirs. They have the Cowboys, who will probably be, you know, I don't know, somewhere in the late teens, maybe. And then they also have the Chicago Bears, which we know will be somewhere in the 20s at this point. Scotty, some big injury news here um, that affects fantasy lineups. You know, I've been talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks as a nice place to go fishing for some fantasy goodness, right? We know they're a bad team, but because of that bad defense, they are in shootouts every single week. You know, they accumulate yards in the passing game. But O.J. Howard has been sent to IR because of his knee injury. I think it's time to make America braid again, huh, Scotty? Yeah, it's uh, the guy caught eight touchdown passes last year, mostly playing with Jameis Winston. With Jameis, uh, Winston yeah. is an obvious rapport with him. So uh, got to pick him up. He could be a tight end one the rest of the way. I actually do think he's going to be a tight end one. I told someone yesterday on social media, I prefer Cameron Brait to Trey Burton for the rest of the season. But some of that is due to the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is a little bit banged up. Also, Scotty, here's the thing. As I'm talking about, say, um, Brait over uh, Burton for the rest of the season. The season is two more weeks for over half of fantasy players. You know what I mean? Like, the playoffs usually begin in week 14. So if you, right now, you're, the rest of your season may be this week and next week, right? And if, if you need to win over the next two weeks, the Trubisky, you know, cloud of doubt uh, would be kind of a tiebreaker for me to like Cameron Brait uh, over... Trey Burton with that connection we've seen with Jameis Winston. But my larger point, Scott, is if you are kind of a fringe contender, this is not, you know, rest of season. That's not a long time. That's only two weeks. So with guys like Trubisky and the impacts there, guys like if A.J. Green comes back or not, you have to think really in the short term if you are, you know, kind of a fringe playoff contender. And there's only two weeks left, Scotty. Yeah, you gotta. You have to approach it. It's so important. You can't. You can't assume anything if you have anything less than nine wins. Because if you're eight and three, you could you could easily lose the next two. And uh, well, not easily, right. but you could conceivably lose the next two. And then all and of a sudden, a you know, you're talking about tight playoff positioning. In my dynasty league, the best record as eight and three in the last like teams vying oh, for wow. the playoffs are like like two of them are like five and five. So there's a scenario, so you know, tight. where you can have a four-way tie at eight and five, and then points have to decide it. So you yeah, can't no, assume I anything you. with two. Unless you're nine and two or ten and one and 11 and oh. Right. You, you can't assume anything with two weeks left. And I've been talking to one guy who's 11 and oh, uh, you know, who follows me closely, and he's already asking me about week 15 and 16 matchups. Yep. I'm like, look, yep. maybe the rest of the season doesn't, doesn't mean a whole lot to you. But uh, we still don't know what transpires between now and week 15 because you don't know who's going to get injured. Uh, Last week we weren't – people asked me questions about week 14. And, you know, we didn't know that Gus Mm -hmm. Edwards was going to step up and become a thing. So you can't can't look too far forward. If you're 11-0, try to run the table. Have fun with it. I hear you. You know, and, and Scotty, I, I mentioned in one league, uh, my, my biggest home dynasty league, I'm 10 and 1, right? And so I, my mindset is similar to that follower you talked about. Like, I'm, I am, uh, I've clinched the buy 
in essence. I've definitely clinched a playoff spot, and because of random weird things, I've kind of clinched a bye, and I know I have. For example, like the third and fourth place teams in my league happen to play each other in week 13, that sort of stuff. You know, like I've, I've clinched a bye. Let's put it this way. I, I only have to worry about week 15 and week 16. Right. But the problem is it's week 12 right now. So, for example, um, I own James Conner as my RB1 at my RB2 all season long. I've been going back and forth between Kerry on Johnson and Sony Michelle. OK, so clearly last week when Sony Michelle was on by, I had Kerry on Johnson in. I liked his production. He got in the end zone. He got 97 scrimmage yards, but then he gets hurt. Right. And so. It's so funny. If you're a team that's five and six, six and five, and you need to win to make a playoff push, and you're relying on Kerryon Johnson, this is horrible for you. He's probably gonna miss the next two games. You know what I mean? And that's maybe that's longer. Maybe longer, RB2. according to inside injuries. I maybe longer. That's what morning. I'm saying. But. The- but the thing is, if you're five and six, if you're six and five, the next two weeks are so important, and you've just lost your potentially your RB two. Me, on the other hand, I'm not even worried about it until week 15. So to me, honestly, Scott, and I know this sounds crazy, it's almost a blessing in disguise if Carrion Johnson gets hurt right now and comes back week 14 or 15. That's less opportunity for him to get hurt and be out in week 15. You know what I'm saying? So like when I heard that news that he's week to week, that he avoided surgery, I was like, oh, happy day. It's all good. And four weeks from now, he'll be fine, you know, kind of thing. And I'm just going to ride Sony Michelle for the rest of the way. Not a big problem. But it so changes your perspective, you know. I'm already looking for defenses, like who's playing the Bills in week 15. I was making trades literally based off of week 15 and 16 matchups. Like I was trying to make trades, and I had two offers on a table for another quarterback. I own Patty Mahomes, but this is a super flex league, right? And I uh, forget who the other one was, but then there was an option of Big Ben that I could make a deal for. I looked at Big Ben's schedule for just those two weeks, Scotty. Week 15 against New England, there's a shootout. Week 16 in the Dome against New Orleans, there's a shootout. So I was like, ooh, yeah, I want Ben, I want Steelers, because I happen to be in a place where I could look at that schedule because I was 10-1. and one. However, if you're 6-5, and five, you do not have that luxury. It's a much more short-term mindset. Yeah, the one guy I was talking to, uh, 11 and 0, was saying, should I trade Devontae Adams in this dynasty league for Michael Thomas? Because Michael Thomas has a little bit better of a schedule. And I said, mm. well, when it comes to guys like that, though, schedule That's a lateral matter. move. Those, yeah. those, those, yeah. those guys studs are matchup are proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're kind of overthinking a little bit. you know. Like, right. And he said, Cam Newton has great matchups in week 15 and 16. I want to trade Matt Ryan to get him. And I said, I could see that, you know, because Ryan's a that little bit I more up okay. and down and, and Cam yeah. Newton has more of a floor. But to your carry on Johnson thing, I love the way you spin it positively, but he does have a knee sprain, which could need a partial tear. And we'll you see. just don't want to see him get injured at all, ideally, because, you know, maybe he's not that, you know, inside injuries is talking about could be a four to six week sort of, it could it be a four week sort of injury. So you're talking 12, 13, 14, and maybe 15. So maybe, and it's a sprain. Now, how does he recover from it? So I'd rather not see the injury at all. I understand all I'm saying. And, and, and honestly, Scott, it's okay with me. Cause in that situation, I just plug in Sony Michelle, who is a viable yeah. RB two. So I'm not that worried in my context personally, but all the only thing I'm saying is that 
him being out these three weeks or whatever it is gives me less chance, you know, that he gets banged and he gets hurt like in week 14 right before I need him. Like, so for example, the worst possible thing that can happen, Scotty, if there's wood around you anywhere, please knock on it. The worst possible thing that can happen is like I, when I have my buy in week 14, like Zach Ertz gets concussed. That would be right. the worst possible outcome. But if a guy is out for those weeks, he ain't getting hurt in those weeks if he's on the recovery train. You know, so that, that's – I just pray that the knees, ankles, and brains of Patty Mahomes, Zach Ertz, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner, um, you know, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, and some others uh, – I'm just giving you my team in essence there. I just hope and pray that their knees and ankles stay intact for the next three weeks because I here's, don't need here's them. Here's something interesting. Here's something yeah. interesting. I, I was leaning heavily on O.J. Howard in three leagues, and right. you know that, that injury really hurt. Now – in yep. one of them, I was able to get Bray. In the other two, Bray was already in the other two. Bray was already rostered. So in one league, it's a dynasty league. I'm gonna have to tur- turn to Jeff Ironman or Chris Herndon the rest of the way. Uh, Interesting. And in an- another league, I picked up Hireman. Uh Jared yep. Cook was out there. I didn't get Cook. Big deal. I'll take Hireman. He might actually be a little bit more consistent with less upside. Yep. But the thing was, when I started going looking for a trade, and I realized that I lost O.J. Howard, you know how desolate tight end is. There are, there are hardly any trade options to be had, had out there. I, I just found like one guy with George Kittle des- desperately needs a running back, and I offered him Philip Lindsay because I also have Chubb, I also have Mixon, and I also have Connor in that league. But if you lost O.J. Howard... There's really, like, it's very, very hard to trade for any sort of tight end that you might have confidence in and to where you want to give something up of quality. Right. And, Scotty, to be honest, uh, I don't know about you. You're going to have to take the downgrade if you don't get breaks. That's what I'm saying. But the other thing is uh, most of the leagues that I'm in, to be quite honest, the trading deadline has passed, if you want to know the truth. Um, so in On, on NFL.com and ESPN, it's, uh, it's still open. It's at midnight tonight on ESPN. Okay. Well, there you go. And I mean, listen, but, and Scott also, like, commissioners can change their settings. Those are the default settings, let's say, on ESPN and some other platforms. The default settings, for example, on Yahoo, it's already passed. And we know that there are plenty of leagues where the commissioner takes control over that and has some kind of customized setting for the trade deadline. But I completely agree with you. Scotty, in my dynasty league where I am 10 and 1, the other team that's in contention is 9 and 2. He has his his starting tight end, Scott, were Jimmy Graham and O.J. Howard. Okay, um, so this week, right after our trading deadline, where someone who was at the bottom did in fact trade Gronk to a, a different contender, um, he lost Jimmy Graham and O.J. Howard. I was one spot ahead of him in the waiver kind of, it was, it's like a waiver order, it's not a fab budget league. I was one spot ahead of him, and I used my waiver claim to pick up Cameron Brait in essence to play defense. He is forced now, I saw him make moves at like 5 a.m. today, because we we run the waivers, you know, over overnight on Tuesday, and I guess he's got an early like Long Island Railroad into the city, shall we say? And so he picked up uh, two tight ends uh, for those two guys, and you mentioned them. He picked up uh, Jeff Hireman, and he picked up uh, Gerald Everett as well. Oh no, excuse me, Higby, Higby as well. You know, trying to take part of the Rams. I guess he knows he's on a buy, but he's going Hireman and Higby. A lot worse, in my opinion, than O.J. Howard. And if I have to see this guy yeah. in the finals, I made his waiver claim literally playing defense against my strongest threat. 
Yeah, and you know, this is why you can't look too far ahead. And and right. you know, start asking questions about who you should start in week 14 or week 15 because a week ago we didn't know that Jimmy Graham and OJ Howard were going to get injured. Right. You know, things things yep. change a lot from week to week. So you, you you can't look look too far ahead and you also you don't have to get rid of your depth like you said uh you know, in in one league where I lost Howard, you know, I do have excellent running backs. I have I have I have Chubb, I have Connor, yep. I have cool. I, I, I Chubb, Connor, Lindsey and Mixon. But sure. I'm offering Lindsey um to one guy for George Kittle because he also has Jordan right. Reed and I figured I'd throw it out there. His running backs are really, really well, bad. Maybe he'll so try to figure I'd, I'd throw it out there. <laughs> no, but I'm not giving him but you know what though? It's like if I don't make that trade, I'll roll with Hireman. I'll keep the fourth running right. back because if one of those guys get yep. injured, I can just no, plug in a really nice starter. Yeah. Hey, if you're searching for tight end also, uh, just a flyer, Scotty. There are some websites, some formats, where the new backup running back in Pittsburgh, Jalen Samuels, has tight end eligibility. Would you ever play that cute little game? No. He doesn't get on the field enough. Might he, though, now? Like, do we think he – No. With him being Why the handcuff? Connor, Connor? Connor's still healthy. Connor's still right, healthy. He's not enough. seeing the field. I don't know. Could be a spec kind of guy if you're looking for, for some no, kind of spec no. stash guy. No. All right. No. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We Only do have if two Connor returns gets injured. in week 12. All right. We do have two returns in week 12 to get ahead of as well. It looks like A.J. Green may come back for Cincinnati, and it looks like Ryan Tannehill may be back under center. For the Indianapolis Colts, uh, I mean, excuse me, against the Indianapolis Colts for the Dolphins. Um, great news for AJ Green owners, right? Yeah, it certainly is, and it's good news for Tyler Boyd owners uh, because all the attention that Green draws it will uh, certainly help him. And it's good news for Joe Mixon owners because now defenses won't say, "Okay, let's stop the run and see if Dalton can beat us with his other uh, quote weapons." End quote. Quote weapons. No, you don't think Joe Mixon is a weapon? You don't think Tyler Boyd is a weapon? I said You don't think John Ross uh, is a weapon? Not, 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 uh, not without A.J. Green, so. Hey, fair enough. When we come back, we start to zone in on the Thanksgiving Day games. What's going to be happening on that television screen when you're eating turkey? It's FST. Come on right back, Dana Scott. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. FST right here on the Fantasy Sports what? Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. We got the King Scott Angle as well. We're making it happen here, giving you what you need to know as it relates to Thanksgiving Day games that start tomorrow. And of course, week 12 of the fantasy football season. A lot of two games left in most regular season formats. So, you know, it's crunch time for you. Let's talk about some of the... Um, you know, I, I mentioned Scotty. Before we get to that, though, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Go I, I ahead. just got to dress what something I heard during in the break. I, yeah, what do I, we got? You're about to get fired up, uh, I think. 
I, I know I'm, I'm more confused. It's be confused. Corey about. said Corey, Corey Parsons said on the fantasy football frenzy that that Julio Jones is on the downside of his career. He's joking, Scott, uh, Scotty. He's joking because he knows okay. that Chris Ventra is a huge Julio Jones fan. Chris Ventra is a okay. huge Julio Jones guy, and so he was just you know kind of messing with him. That's messing like me telling okay. you. It's like me telling you that Russell Wilson is on the downside of his career. Okay, I was about to say, doesn't he lead the NFL in receiving yardage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He's, yeah. he's joshing him, Scotty. He's joshing him. Okay. All right. Okay, we good? I just wanted to make sure Corey was okay. I was <laughs> actually good. worried about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He's just, he's just having a little fun with Ventra because Ventra is a huge Julio Jones fan. I think if you notice, uh, I think uh, Ventra's Twitter picture is him wearing a Julio Jones jersey even. In fact, um, yeah, I've seen so him, I've seen him with his Julio Jones jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's what Ventra, it is. Ventra likes to wear jerseys. Ventra and Stanford both uh, like both like to wear exactly. jerseys and hats of like right. teams that they don't root for. It's like you telling me that like uh, you know, Aaron like. Judge is done. It's like you telling me that Aaron Judge is on the downside of his career. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So he was yeah. just joking on him. But all right, so let's look to tomorrow's game, Scotty. In this first one, um, I want to ask you about Detroit. And Chicago, listen, we're hearing that Mitchell Trubisky may not play. It could be Chase Daniel under center for the Bears, which obviously has an impact on fantasy and these skill position players. But then in Detroit, we know there's no carry on. Marvin Jones also did not practice. I think he's going to miss the game for a second straight week on the wrong side of questionable to me. What does this have as an impact on the game? And for fantasy, we see the point total in Vegas has gone on down uh, with this news. It's now down to 44 and a half. You're expecting a lower scoring uh, uh, kind of plotting game now, right? Yeah. You know, game management from Chase Daniel. Uh, maybe more of the running backs and the tight ends. I think this is week they have a very good defense. Uh, Detroit's depleted on the other side of the ball, so I'll take the under here. Yeah, um, so talk to me about where's the fantasy goodness? Where does the fantasy goodness come from in this game, Scotty? Is this like a lot? If there's no carry on Johnson, do you, uh, do you fire up Theo Riddick maybe in DFS? Do you believe in like a, an Ellington or a TJ Jones? Like, you know there's going to be Galladay. You know there's going to be Riddick. Where else could, uh, could some potential come from? It's a tough matchup against this Bears defense, who is likely the best in the conference. Kenny Galladay is going to get a lot of defensive attention. Uh, I don't know if there's any upside with with Theo Riddick at all. Uh, Is there any fantasy goodness? There doesn't have to be, and I don't think there is. Uh, Is the Bears' defense going to be fantasy goodness? Yes, and Tariq Cohen might. I was talking about the Lions' side of the ball. On the Bears' side of the ball, obviously the Bears' defense, even if the Lions had everybody healthy, and, uh, you know, I think Tariq Cohen, you know, catching a lot of passes out of the backfield, being high percentage. Uh, the, you know, the uh, Lions allowed 26.9 PPR uh, points to running backs per game. So uh, the, Tariq Cohen, I think he's a good play. Cool. So we kind of like both PPR backs, right, in this game, Riddick and Cohen, it sounds like. I like, I like Cohen. I like Cohen. I feel like, like Riddick is... He just he disappeared again last week. I just feel like you can't rely on him, and there's so many guys I would start. Yeah, but Carryon Johnson was there last week. You know, I'm I'm talking about Riddick now that there's no Carryon Johnson in the mix for this week. Yeah, but Riddick's not going to run the ball. 
No, you think it's going to be Legarrette Blunt no. on those kind of early down between Riddick's the Riddick's not a running back. He's not a running back whatsoever. He's a pass catching specialist. It'll be a combination of Blunt and Zenner getting the carries. You think Zenner will get more carries than Riddick? Riddick is not a guy who carries the ball. He just isn't. Even when he, even when he was the only guy there, they didn't hand him the ball that much. All right, all right, fair enough. Let's go to the second game. Let's go to the second game to preview when people are eating that turkey or Benil in my house, likely. The Washington football team is going to Dallas, your traditional Cowboy-Indians kind of uh, Thanksgiving Day matchup. I am intrigued by this spread, though, Scotty. Seven and a half is just a little too much for me. That half a point, I think, is very concerning if you're a gambler. In a game where the total is only 40 and a half, in a game where we know that Dallas will want to feed Zeke, Washington will want to feed Adrian Peterson, I think this is going to be a time of possession kind of game, a lower scoring game. So give me the seven and a half points with Washington. Um, who's going to get some production? Who is Colt McCoy throwing the ball to? Because it, like what? You believe in Josh Dotson, Jordan Reed? How's this going to look from a playmaker standpoint on Washington's side? It's a very hard to read because who, who is Colt McCoy comfortable with? And even the established guys that we've had there, you know, really haven't played too well. And Dallas really has has a pretty good defense. So there's nobody Scotty, to feel do you comfortable buy the narrative? with. Sometimes there's this narrative that, like, when the backup comes in, you look for the other kind of number twos, like that they have more chemistry from the twos practicing with the twos, that sort of thing. So I ask oh, yeah. you this as it relates to someone. So you do buy that, that there's something to that narrative sometimes because they have a little bit more familiarity with those guys. Um, so if there's that – if that narrative is, you know, uh, holds water to you, what about a guy like Maurice Harris who's probably yeah, been, you know, I, 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 you know I, I, kind I of see- on the practice field with Colt? I can see going that way too, but uh, you know it, it wasn't him last week getting the work out of the slot. I don't think there's anybody that you can feel comfortable starting on, on the Washington side of the ball in the passing game. Okay, so you're not starting. For example, Scotty, um, I look at Brandon Murchison's Week 12 ranks, right? I look at the tight end position. On Roto Experts, right? Yeah. On Roto Experts, don't forget to get the uh, Roto Experts in-season fantasy package, okay? And um, our guy Murchison, who, you know, a great ranker, right? He's been in the top fantasy pros, things of that nature. He has Jordan Reed as tight end 12 this week, ahead of Eric Ebron, ahead of Vance McDonald, ahead of Jeff Hireman, ahead of Cameron Brait. Uh, I would, I would three have of those, Three of those, those four, guys. I wouldn't do it. Three of those four, I wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, Reed You'd have him ahead of Ebron huh? for most of the year, except for last week. Uh, I wouldn't have him ahead of Ebron. Ebron could easily bust out for two touchdowns this week. Okay. So which one though? You 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 would not have him. Ahead. So you he has him ahead of Ebron, McDonald, Hireman, and Brait. I'd have all four of those guys o- ahead of Reed. I would only have him ahead of McDonald. You would have him ahead of Vance McDonald. Okay, I yeah, see. McDonald's there. And, way um, overrated. He's had two good games this year. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Those stiff arms aren't overrated, Scott. <laughs> I'll no. tell you that. Um, uh, so let me ask you, though. Do you agree with me uh, on this game that 7.5 is a little too much for a low-scoring game, a division matchup, a heated rivalry, in which, to be quite honest, first place in the NFC East is really hanging in the balance here? Yeah, I'm taking – give me Washington with 7.5. Dallas loses. Dallas wins, but, you know, maybe by like 5 or 6. 
All right. Or three. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And so, listen, if you got a first game, the early game, maybe, especially with no Mitchell Trubisky, a little ho-hum. That second game, the, the total is 40 and a half, so that might be a lower-scoring game. Scotty, I think tomorrow night is going to more than make up for it all by its damn self. The Atlanta Falcons go into the dome where they are going to stand up and get crunk. The New Orleans Saints, however, are 13. 15-point favorites against a divisional rival in Atlanta who, you know, they can score some points too, especially when they're inside like they will be tomorrow night. Um, I like the over on this game at 59.5, but I think 13 is a little too much uh, for what I expect to be a game that does go over, but I'm seeing more in the range of like, oh, I don't know, 37-28, something like that. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the kind of blowout it was last week. The divisional game in Atlanta is going to come to play. I agree. Uh, so let me ask you this. I'm looking at Brandon Murchison's ranks here. Um, and in PPR formats, okay, you know, he's got Julio Jones, obviously, as wide receiver five. You know, I'm cool with that. But check this out, Scotty. A little bit further down, he has Calvin Ridley as wide receiver 29, and then he has Mohamed Sanu as wide receiver 30, back-to-back, right? And then the consensus is not much different with Ridley at 24 and Sanu at 29. The consensus has both of these guys as wide receiver 3. That would be a little bit higher than I've seen Mohamed Sanu in, uh, in other places and in weeks past. Like, as you know, Scotty, I am a Sanu fan, right? It's a new day, but... I wouldn't call him necessarily a mid-range wideout three. No, I think he's more of a wide receiver four, and Ridley has dropped to maybe wide receiver four status himself, but he's getting bumped up because of the matchup there. I know the way he does his ranks. I see. So they're just he's just expecting a shootout and there to be production enough production to go around for everybody. Is that it? Yeah, but uh, I think outside of Jones, like Austin Hooper might be my favorite. Okay. Let me ask you about the running backs here. Okay. Let me ask you about these running backs. As we know, there is no Devontae Freeman in Atlanta anymore. Um, And we've made this point a lot that Tevin Coleman has not necessarily, uh, you know, like grabbed the brass ring, as it were. Um, Murchison still has him, though, as a back-end RB2 rated number 21 in his ranks. Uh, Are you still trusting Coleman as an RB2 this week? Heck no, he's been really, really disappointing, and uh, the the Saints have been really good against the run this year. I'm not expecting much yardage at all, and you know maybe he gets a goal line carrier too, you know, and that'll give it could, that could give him six to twelve points. You know they they can always use him to finish off drives, but he's very unreliable, and this is not a good matchup. Okay, what about Ido Smith? You know, I mean, there's a gap there. You know, uh, Murchison has Coleman as RB twenty one. He has Ido Smith as RB 41, so not really as startable. Um, it sounds no. like you have. He's been like quiet for weeks now. Okay, it sounds like you have Cloman as maybe a flex play. Uh, I'm going to do my ranks later today, but uh, he'll probably end up with the state of running back the way it is. He'll probably end up as a back end RB2, but not a confident one. Okay, I, I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be, me. I'll be starting. I, I might be starting a guy like like Chris Carson over him, over Coleman. 
All right, let's yeah. play the little bit of a name game here. Uh, you mentioned Carson. He has Carson uh, three spots behind Tevin Coleman. Um, Coleman, he has one spot ahead of Deion Lewis. I would start Deion Lewis ahead of Coleman, would you? Uh, no. I, I feel like no? Deion Lewis doesn't get in the end zone at all. He's very, very inconsistent. The last two games have been quiet. I think Coleman has a better chance to get in the end zone. I'm going to go with Coleman. Interesting. He has Coleman two spots ahead of Gus Edwards. Would you ride the Gus train over Coleman? Uh, I'd like to, honestly, but I don't think I can do it yet. <laughs> At least I, I know Coleman's going to remain the starting running back there and the, the lead guy. It's right, close, right. though. And I would say that about some of these other committees that are out there. Hey, Scott, you're plugged into the Seahawks more than almost anybody I know. You know, he also has Chris Carson right behind Tevin Coleman. Talk to me about Carson. You know, I like that the Seahawks run the ball more than any other team. But you know what I don't like, Scotty? I don't like a three-person committee. And in the last game we saw, they all had opportunity. Penny had the nice 30-yard run. He got banged up a little bit with the ankle but did return. They trusted Mike Davis with the ball at the end of the game to kind of salt it away. Um I want no part of a team that has a three-person committee, Scott. Are we still expecting to see uh, all three of those running backs get uh, snaps on Sunday? Yeah, I think so, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't want part of Carson as a flex because he's clearly the lead, lead running back. He clearly got more touches than the other two. When he's healthy, he's he's a clear running back because uh, you know he's played really, really well when he's healthy. It's just he hasn't been able to consistently stay healthy. When he is on the field, you know, he's he runs well in short space. He breaks tackles. He carries the pile, et cetera. Uh, you know, if you're going to use one Seahawk running back, it's got to be Chris Carson this week. Yeah, I'm not disputing that, you know, and when he's healthy, he's looked good, or when he's on the field, he looks good. I guess my question is, because there is Penny and Davis there, not like is he a good running back, but more like how much do you expect him to be on the field? Like is it – I don't know, 60% Carson, 70% Carson, 50% Carson. What do you think is the breakdown of the share of the snaps with these three guys? Well, it could be 60% Carson, but when you're talking about when they run the ball as much as they do, the number one in team, yeah. the rushing team in terms of volume and yardage, that still could sure. mean 14 to 15 carries. Right. No, you're absolutely right. If this team runs the ball 40 times a game, you know, like he could get 20, Penny could get 10 or 11, and Davis could get 8, you know, and that's still viable uh, production I think it's there. More, I think it's more like, like a 15-7-5 kind of thing, you know, it's or 15-8-6. Okay. Like Penny doesn't yeah. get a lot of carries. But do you think there's an opportunity here where he's going to get more and more as the season goes on? I've, you know my narrative on the rookie running backs and how they get more and more as the course of the season goes. If Carson doesn't stay healthy, there's an opportunity for him. Okay. All right, cool. Let's talk about the uh, New Orleans side. Scotty, in this Thanksgiving night kind of event, we think that they're going to score points in the Dome. Like Drew Brees, you know, Drew, <laughs> I think it's something like 77% completion rate. Drew Brees is firing at right now. It's absolutely amazing. But do we know 
you know, kind of is it written for us already in terms of the Saints? Obviously, you start Breeze. Obviously, you start Kamara. Obviously, you start Michael Thomas. Where do you see Mark Ingram, Scotty? I think that's an, I think that's an interesting question. Where do you see Mark Ingram in your ranks? Murchison has him as RB13, so definitively a starter and a very high-end RB2. Yeah, I think uh, you know, think that's fair. I'll probably have him somewhere in the thirteen to sixteen range. Uh, right. you, know, you can't count lower, on the volume every week. It, it's scary. That's what makes him an RB two. But I think you have to like him against Atlanta this weekend. Uh, you know, it's, especially with Traquan Smith out. You know, maybe they're leaning more in the running back. Is he out or is he questionable? Uh, no, I'm saying if he's Traquan. out. Oh, if he's yeah. out. Okay, I just didn't know if that was yeah. definitively the case. We're still looking at that one. Today's Scotty, practice will wanna... tell us a lot. For sure, for sure. I want to let people know that. What's listen, not good is happening. he practiced Monday and, and not yesterday, so that's never good. Yeah, absolutely. A downgrade is never a good thing. I want to let people know, Scotty, as we head into Thanksgiving, if you want to be the next DFS millionaire, please try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving holiday. That's right. Free advice from fantasy millionaires. Don't be a turkey. Head on over to DailyRoto.com. Enter the promo code TG18 to get your free five-day trial. That'll cover week 12. You can win a match, you can win a game, you can win some cash. Go to DailyRoto.com. The promo code is TG18. When we come back, we'll look at more of Brandon Murchison's ranks, who he likes, who he doesn't, who to sit, who to start. It's FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Sports today, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, spitting statistician and El de Fantasia. Scotty, over on my Patreon subscriber service, I just had a guy ask me what is my best bet for uh, the Thanksgiving days. If I, he was like, listen, if I gotta lay two bills down on one matchup, one game, what should it be? He said, this is big shout out by the way to Mario DeRose. He asked me. Listen, should I bet if I had to lay two bills down on one game, would it be Atlanta plus 13? Would it be the over on the night game? Or would it be Washington plus seven and a half? Or would it be the under on that middle game? I told him to me, my best bet is the Washington football team plus seven and a half. I think, listen, with AP and Zeke being the focal point of these offenses, running the ball, time of possession, grinding it out, I think seven points will be a lot. And to your previous point that you made last hour, Colt McCoy, the Texas alum and native, has shown up and showed up before in a primetime game in Jerry World before, and I think the same could be said on a Thanksgiving Day matchup. I like Washington plus the seven and a half. Yeah, I can see that. I think uh, going the under in Chicago, Detroit is a close second. 
Okay, fair enough. And, you know, who knows what happens in that game in the Dome. Points can be scored. It is a divisional matchup. I'm taking a look now, Scotty, at rotoexperts.com and Brandon Murchison's ranks for Week 12. I am intrigued by some of these ranks right here. I want to ask you, um, Scotty, Murchison is not a fan of Duke Johnson. We've been talking about Duke Johnson and his kind of reemergence in the passing game now that, uh, you know, there's a new play caller. He's had a decent last couple of weeks, especially in PPR formats, but Murchison isn't buying it. He has him as running back 32. The consensus has him as running back 23. So Murchison has him nine spots lower. Um, are you riding the Duke Johnson train? Yeah, more than Brandon is, I think. Uh, okay. Played really well the last two games. Going against those Cincinnati linebackers, I think he catched some passes. Uh, he might be the number two pass catcher, uh, you know, in, Cleveland? In, in that offense right now. Uh, I, I think they could trust him more than the Joker or any other wide receiver they have. Okay. Um, let me ask you, on the wide receiver side, there's a couple of wideouts kind of in this wideout three range that uh, Murchison likes a lot more than the consensus. And in my opinion, only one of them are actually a wideout that I would be okay starting this week. He's got Golden Tate as wideout 25. Um, I want to ask you about this. There were reports yesterday where kind of uh, Peterson and Philadelphia's coaches are kind of admitting that it's been difficult to integrate Golden Tate. When a coach come out and says that publicly, that's cause for concern to me. I always thought that over time, yeah, they were going to integrate him. He just needed to learn the hot routes, build some chemistry with Carson Wentz. But now coaches are saying, yes, it's been a struggle to integrate him. That makes me want to see it before I believe it and put him in a starting lineup. How do you feel about Golden Tate? I agree with you there. It's hard to, and they'll try to get him the ball more. But uh, you know, how much can he really get into the flow of the offense? Uh, you know, Brandon Murchison's ranks now available on RotoExperts.com, the Roto Superstar, and uh, you know, I'll probably I'll probably disagree with him there. I don't know who he has him ranked ahead of that you find interesting. Who he is ranked ahead of? Who I find interesting? Sure, Golden Tate um, is. Two spots ahead of DJ Moore, and I think DJ Moore is ascending and very interesting these days. Yeah, but you can never trust those rookie wide receivers, so it's not crazy. DJ Moore can, DJ Moore can can ease. I, I would probably go with the veteran over the rookie. Okay. Um, would you? I mean, he has Larry Fitzgerald as wide out thirty-two. Scott, um, he has I would go seven with, I would spots go with Fitzgerald. behind Golden Tate. That's right. To me, Byron. Yeah, Leftwich. I would go with Fitzgerald. It's a good matchup. Yep. For him this weekend, if he doesn't catch passes, he can get in the end zone. Yep. And here's the thing. To he, me, has him, by- he has him ahead of Tyler Lockett. I'll probably go Tyler yep. Lockett in what's a big game for the Seahawks. But yep. uh, a lot of the Ridley. guys. He, he, yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley. <sighs> I would go Ridley. Over Even in a good week. matchup, I can't trust Ridley. So I really? can see that. But. Yeah. Okay. And uh, back to I, think Marcus, I think I think I would I would he's got him ten spots ahead of nine spots ahead of Marcus Valdez Scantling. I think maybe mm-hmm. that's overreacting to one week to have Valdez Scantling that low. That's fair. Uh, I just want to zone in on Larry Fitzgerald real quick. Would you agree? You know, Byron Leftwich has his opportunity. Like we all know about him, former quarterback in the NFL, Marshall, that sort of thing. We know about Byron Leftwich, but I didn't know, to be quite honest, Scotty, I didn't know, you know, he was the quarterback's coach, got ascended to the offensive coordinator. Like 
this is a great opportunity for Byron Leftwich, okay, in my opinion, to kind of come on the radar in the NFL as a young coach who kind of can be an offensive coordinator in the future, let's say, right? This is an opportunity. Not only do we see at this point of the year for players or rookies, but this is an opportunity, in my opinion, for Leftwich. And what is he doing with that opportunity? I think he's doing what's smart. What is he doing? He is making the offense once again go through David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald which is something that Mike McCoy didn't really do. I think that's a smart move if you're Byron Leftwich, you know, ride your Hall of Famer and your stud running back. And so I think Larry Fitzgerald is actually kind of having a uh, could have a little bit of a bounce back for the next couple of weeks. He could. Well, bounce back. He scored twice last week and well, you know, the last you know the last 3 games or so, he's you know, he's he's been playing well either in terms of yardage and touchdowns. So, uh, you know, he's getting his top playmaker the ball, even though the quarterback, you know, kind of limits the upside on, on Larry Fitzgerald. Poor Larry Fitzgerald. It's, uh, you know, yeah, I got an opportunity to meet him a few years ago and, you know, was talking to him and just, you know, the, the, the quarterbacks that he had to play with, I know. you know, over most of his career outside of yep. Carson Palmer. It's, you know, it's, Larry Fitzgerald had to endure a lot. Well, there was also – you said uh, Carson Palmer, and that's definitely true. There was also that one – with, with Kurt Warner for a while, they were awesome. Yeah. And to be quite they honest – to, to the be Super quite Bowl, honest, yeah. That's what I was just going to say. And to be quite honest, in that whole playoff stretch, Larry Fitzgerald was a beast that year, and the entire NFL playoffs was doing inhuman things, right? And to be honest, I don't think people remember because that Super Bowl was highlighted by the Santonio Holmes catch and the crazy, like – uh, defensive return by James Harrison at the end of the first half, I believe. Don't get it twisted. Larry Fitzgerald caught and ran like a the touchdown with like a minute and a half left in that game, which could have been a Super Bowl winning play by Larry Fitzgerald. This dude is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and when he ever had good quarterback play, he got to the Super Bowl, got to the NFC Championship game, but then the rest of his career had, you know, dregs to contend with that quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, that's the sad thing. It's like, Right. If you if you don't win a Super Bowl or a World Series, people don't remember and they don't give credit for that, which is short sighted. It's hard just to win a conference. It's hard just to win a, a league. It's you know getting to the Super Bowl itself. Like of course you want to win it, but just getting there itself is a tremendous accomplishment. And a slightly related note in another sport, you know, we talk about Larry Fitzgerald and how he's toiled for so long, never got a ring, and maybe you know doesn't get the notoriety. I just want to make a note. Um, in baseball, Adrian Beltre has announced his retirement, the most hits ever by a Latin-born player. We and Scott, we were talking. Uh, we think he's a Hall of Famer. Um, this guy is toiling for the better part of two decades and uh, is deciding to hang it up. Uh, shout out to Adrian Beltre. Right, Scotty? Yeah, definitely. Uh, great fantasy third baseman for a long Damn stretch. Right. Uh, you know, early round pick for a long time. You know, at third base, consistently one of the top three fantasy baseball third basemen every single year, and was even serviceable last year. Yeah, just don't touch his head. Uh, He doesn't like that. Lastly, I want to ask you here, Scotty, we talked about tight ends a lot, how much we think uh, Cameron Brait is the ad. I have one question for you, and it's going to sound crazy when I just say it, but put it in it bluntly, Scott. Is Rob Gronkowski done? Yeah, you know, that that talk has started to surface more and more because 
He just hasn't looked the man's good. Man's had when he's back healthy. surgeries. He's had multiple back surgeries, Scott. I mean, the man is a stud, one of the best tight ends we've ever seen in this league. But Father Time comes calling for everybody, you know, and he doesn't have the avocados and the sleep chambers. You know, he may be on that Alex Guerrero plan, but that's another topic for another day. But, like, has Father Time come calling for Rob Gronkowski? It's certainly. We talked about Randall Cobb, you know, we talked about Randall Cobb, the wear and tear there. Like, I, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I sort of think the, the same may be for Gronk. It's, it's very possible. But, you know, we've, we've, we've done this before with him. I've heard this before with him, and then he's able to bounce back. So I'm not willing to close the door yet, although it seems like it's, you know, it's starting to creak in that direction. It's, uh, but I, I can't say it officially yet. I, I know as, uh, as a Jet fan, you're waiting to, you know, possibly see that happen. And a lot of well, other I'm Patriot also a Gronk owner are waiting in our for this. morning after league. So I need that. I need a yeah. For at least True, week but, 15 uh, and 16. <laughs> I think everybody is uh, anxiously awaiting the end of, of the Patriot yeah. regime. I hear you. Well, listen, the morning after is up next. Scotty, if I don't talk to you for a while, have a great Thanksgiving. I'm thankful to all the listeners. Yes, you too. I'm grateful for the opportunity to play fantasy football. Thanks to the Stats Overbeat Cypher. Keep it locked. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The morning after is up next.